Paraguay, and they got my number and they called, and they were wanting to ask about that work. And one of the questions was, what was the mission? What is the mission of the work there? And it was a great reminder. Sometimes we get caught up in the daily jobs that we have down there, and it was a great reminder for me to be able to explain what the mission was of the original mission team that went down there. It was to plant a new congregation and work with that congregation to be independent in leadership, self-supporting financially, and also uh, evangelistic-minded. To be able to go out and plant other congregations. And looking back, all of those things have happened. Uh, we give the glory to God for those. Uh, that we have great leadership. Every two weeks we have uh, 15 men who meet in order to talk about how to help grow God's kingdom in Paraguay. And we have over nine men who are willing and volunteer to preach regularly. I haven't preached there in three months. Every time I go to the sign-up sheet, it's already filled up. That's a great blessing to have. This congregation has become self-supporting. With their own offering, they, they pay for all their expenses and, and more. And then plant other congregations, evangelistic-minded. This congregation made the decision and met uh, in order to plant another congregation outside the city. And so glory be to, be to God that the mission is being accomplished in Paraguay. However, there are a lot more things to do. It's, it's kind of just beginning. We want to plant more congregations. We want, to plant, we want the congregation that we planted to plant other congregations as well. And so from here on, we can see it's branching out and growing. And so we ask for your continued prayers in the work in Paraguay. And in order to continue growing, I don't know if you guys remember, but two years ago, I talked about the development of an idea that the original mission team had, which was a full-time Bible institute. And after 10 years, we got to the point where there was enough interest and enough interested students in order to start that. And so the Paraguayans, along with us, the missionaries, we began developing that. And, and last year, when I came and gave my report, we had just started that project. And so tonight, I want to talk about that mainly. I've given many reports just on the work in general, but tonight I want to focus on this project, the Bible Academy, and how that's going and how that's going to advance the work in Paraguay. I forgot to turn it off. And so two years ago we began this, this full-time two-year program, and we gave it the title, the Asuncion Bible Academy. Just a place where anybody that, from the church that was interested could study full-time for two years. Monday through Friday, from 8 in the morning to 5.30 in the afternoon, study the entire Bible and other practical courses, as well as practice serving other members and the community. And we, we started this two years ago. And so now I'm pleased to tell you that we're at, almost at the end of the first class. And we have our students that are about to graduate. And so we're going to end up, they're going to end up completing a course or, or a program of 56 full-time courses as well as service time and personal study time. And the mission of this was to just to keep the growth going in Paraguay, to have leaders that are trained, to help these students know God better, His character, His will for them, and to help others know that as well. Uh, the mission is very simple as far as this Bible Academy goes. And so tonight I want to introduce you, I think I've showed pictures of our students before. We started with five students, uh, unfortunately two of those dropped out. One, uh, due to pressure from his parents who aren't Christians, went back to work at his dad's factory. The other finished a, a full year 
but then was married to a Christian girl and decided he needed to get a full-time job, and so he left the academy as well. But, but they also benefited from their time studying. And we have three students who are, Lord willing, going to graduate in early February. You see the girl on the left here, her name is Karen. She's from the downtown congregation. Uh, they have about 20 members and they've been there for over 20 years. And she goes there and she's able to come every day and study with us. In the middle, you have Ramon with the black and the blue jacket. He has been a, a Christian for almost four years. He is a member of our congregation. And then uh, the guy with the Gap shirt, his name is William. He is a member at the new church plant. So we have a good representation of the three different congregations that exist in Paraguay. And I was sitting down with these students and telling them what I was going to be doing while I was in the States. And I had one question for them. And it was, how has God blessed you in the past two years? What do you want to tell uh, the, the people that have been supporting this work? How has God blessed you in the past two years? Karen is really quiet. And she didn't say much, but she said, I've grown in a lot of ways. God has blessed me in a lot of ways, but I still have a lot more growth to go. Ramon said that he grew in confidence, being able to study the Bible every day for the past two years. Also, God blessed him with a Christian wife. He was married this past year. And he said that the relationship with his family, who are not Christians, improved greatly. He has been able to invite them to church. He studies with them. And so God has blessed him in that. And then William said that being able to study the Bible full-time for the past two years has given him a lot more enthusiasm, and he sees the Bible as more than just ink and paper. He sees it as God's plan for his life. And so these three students have made great steps as far as their spiritual growth. I could tell you about the way that, that Karen has never taught a class before and is now teaching every other week, is teaching our, our uh, kids' class. Or how Ramon and William had never preached before and are now preaching regularly and also teaching class. But the greatest thing that we see in them is just their attitude. The way that they talk to each other, the way that they interact with our members, the way that they are dedicated completely uh, to serving God and His church. And so that has been well worthwhile, just seeing the way that these three have grown. I'll go back to that picture. They're here pictured with my brother Ethan. Uh, for the 10-year anniversary of the church uh, plant from the original, original mission team, we celebrated with a homecoming. Ethan, Enoch, Chris, and also uh, an American missionary who was there in the early 80s who had never returned all came down to Paraguay. We had a lot of uh, different activities, and we also took advantage. Ethan and Chris taught a short course about congregational development. And so the church that they planted over 10 years ago, they were able to come back and teach about how to develop a congregation to the point of maturity and independence. It was a great way to take advantage of them being there. And another thing that we like to do is take advantage of other teachers coming down as well. Bear Valley Bible Institute out of Denver supports us, and every quarter they send a teacher down who is able to teach a short course. And so they don't have to listen to me all the time or any of the other missionaries. We try to have as much variety as we can among the teachers so that they are able to have a more complete study of God's Word. And here is uh, a teacher from Mexico, or originally from Mexico. He now lives in Texas. His name is Luis Camacho. Now, it's not all uh, study that the students participate in. We also have a lot of activities for them. We like to have a lot of uh, practical activities and helping them put that into practice. Here you see a picture of us 
going on a trip about five hours south of the capital city. We went to a smaller town where a lot of our members have relatives. And the whole purpose was just to get an idea of the need for the people, uh, the need that the people have for God. It was just a survey trip. Our students originally had, uh, were not so sure about this. They wanted to go set up studies and do all kinds of service activities. And we just made them focus on going and doing a survey. They prepared weeks in advance for this. They developed a short survey to, uh, asking the people about the needs that they had in the community, their interests, and also, also talking with them a little bit about God. And when we arrived there, they went out into the community and surveyed 60 people. And when we got back, they collected those and talked about the, uh, wrote up about the city, and they presented that in a men's meeting. And it was a 30-page document that they had done just preparing the way for a future church plan. And afterwards, they saw the importance of that, of going into a place prepared, knowing what is needed, knowing how to help the people know God better. And so now, that preparation that they did is there in case they, uh, if they want to go and plant a congregation there or if anybody else does as well. And so that's what we're praying for. And hopefully in the near future that will happen. We also see that we uh, like for them to have lots of personal Bible studies. The two guys are heavily involved in their communities, inviting people, their neighbors, to study the Bible. And they dedicate a lot of free time, sometimes at the expense of their homework, uh, to having these personal Bible studies. And so we're grateful for that. They have a lot of uh, confidence about teaching and, and studying with somebody in their own homes. Also, we give them service time. And make them clean the church building, of course, once a week. Uh, and also getting out in the community and helping the members that have any kind of maintenance needs. And also a new thing that, that uh, students have been organizing among the youth of all the congregations there in Paraguay. They're just going out to a public plaza and singing church songs and generating contacts. It's surprising how many people will come up and ask what's happening and where are they from. And that gives them an opportunity to talk about that and, and invite them to church. And all of this, this was a brand new uh, experience for all of us, really. It was, it was trial and error, but we started well and we continued with that and we kept praying and putting in God's hands and the students did a great job. And that's created, as you can imagine, a lot of enthusiasm and energy in the congregation. We have a lot of members who have participated, who have cooked them meals. Uh, we also had one of our members, one of the, the older men, who taught a short course, or he's actually taught three now. And so that was a new experience for him. Uh, just a lot of involvement from the whole congregation. And so they are enthused about this, and that created more interest in the academy. And so about three months ago, we held a homecoming activity inviting anybody that had interest in studying in the academy. And we had 15 uh, people who showed up from the church. And we just answered their questions. They asked what it was about. And we kind of gave them an idea. The students talked to them as well. And so now we have seven people who have turned in applications to study in the second class. Uh, our three students will be graduating in February, and the second class will be starting in early March. And so I ask you to be praying for those uh, potential students that we have. We want to have at least six or seven, uh, knowing that there's always uh, you know, a, little, a few that drop out, and that's in every program. And so we're asking you to be praying for that as well. In order to prepare for that, uh, we just had that meeting, and we also improved some of the materials that we have. We've, we've been keeping it very uh, bare as far as costs go, but now we're investing a little bit more in that. 
putting in better desks, and we also had a big donation to put in a $10,000 video system. And in the second class, we're going to be utilizing that system in order to get people from the states that can teach a whole short course. Uh, they can participate with the students, they can interact with them, and put their presentation up at the same time. And so we're very excited about that. The students will be able to learn from many more people as well. And just a little bit about the new Christians. I've talked a lot about the academy. But this year, we've had over 14 people who have been baptized. And nine of those were directly brought to the church by one flyer. Our students got out in the community one time, and they just were passing out flyers. And one flyer found his way into the hands of a 20-year-old. He studied with our students, was baptized. He brought a friend. He brought another friend. He brought another friend. Oh. There it is. And he brought three of his neighbors who were baptized. The son of one of those ladies was baptized. And then the boyfriend of one of the other ladies was baptized. And so on one flyer, we were up to nine baptisms. Now I know the statistics that flyers are not a very efficient way, and I understand that, and sometimes there are better activities. But I think what the, the lesson that our students learned was, if you are dedicated to God, and you have that love for people, and want them to know about God as well, and you get out and you serve Him, He can use that to find those that are searching for Him. And our students learned that. And of course, they were very enthused by that. They were very excited. And that just helps them even more. And that, that helps our congregation to grow. And so be praying for these new members. Uh, some of the, four of them are actually interested in becoming part of the second class in the academy and continuing on in that training. Uh, teaching this to faithful men who will then teach that to others as well. If you would, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 1 Chronicles chapter 16. 1 Chronicles chapter 16. Again, we are grateful for what God has done in Paraguay, but we know that there's a lot more work to be done. There are three congregations only in the capital city. Outside of that, we don't know of any other congregations. And so there's a lot of work to be done. And now, Paraguayans are being trained in order to go out and to teach that message in an effective way and to plant congregations in different cities all over the country. And we know that God will be in charge of that. We continue to pray for guidance and we ask for your prayers as well. One thing that we did in the academy just a couple of months ago is that we do not promise any of the students jobs upon completion. This is all for them to know God better and to be able to help others. It's not in order to give them a job. And they know that before they went in, but we did want to help them with that. And so we hired a specialist who talks about job searching and how to best find the job that fits you and how to be successful in that. And he came and gave a great seminar. And one of the things that he did was help them to develop an effective resume. And the very first item on that resume was objective. Why were these, what kind of job were they searching for and why? What could they bring to this job? What was their purpose? How could they accomplish that? You know, I've also seen on uh, internet businesses, you can go to any internet business and, and find the statement that says about. And it has the mission statement. Why does this company exist? We talk a lot about that. We talk a lot about purpose statements. Why am I here? What is my purpose? 
Here, in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, we read a lot about David and we can see from this event in 1 Chronicles chapter 16 the purpose that God had for David and what David did in his life. Let's go ahead and read 16 verses 1 through 3. It says, They brought the ark of God and set it inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And they presented burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before God. After David had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each Israelite man and woman. What we see here is David. He is now king, and he finally gets to bring the Ark of the Covenant, where God's presence was uh, residing, to Jerusalem. We see that David, the purpose in his life was to, to be in the presence of God. We see how not only as a king he had that desire and that purpose, but when he was a shepherd boy, how he desired the presence of God and knew that God was watching out for him, that his Creator knew what he was doing and he was there to protect him. We see that before he became a king. In fact, that's why God chose him to be, to be king. But we also see it here, him making that effort after that initial failure to bring the presence of God to Jerusalem. We see it in the Psalms, the passion with which he writes about the presence of God. And as we sang tonight, as the deer pants for the water, David longed for the presence of God. But that's not all. We also see in verse 3, after the Ark of the Covenant is in Jerusalem, David didn't celebrate that event. What he, what he celebrated was the presence of God for all people. Here he has a big party. And he invites everybody in the kingdom. And he spent millions of dollars to provide lunch or supper to, to every man and woman in the kingdom so that they could as well be in the presence of God. You know, God had already talked about this purpose in, in the life of every human being that He created. And Jesus teaches this again in Mark chapter 12. If you would go to Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31. First of all, He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. This is exactly what we see in the life of David. His purpose for living was being in the presence of God and sharing that with every man and woman in the kingdom. And Jesus repeats that later. We celebrate the life of David, and rightfully so. He was a man after God's own heart. But David didn't celebrate his own life. He celebrated the life with God, and he wanted others to have that life as well. That's what we try to teach in the academy. That's what we try to teach in the church in general in Paraguay. That's what I know is being taught here. And that is our purpose as Christians. To search for the presence of God in my life, knowing that His love will push me to share that with others. Sometimes we lose our purpose in life. Sometimes we forget about that. We always have the opportunity to renew that. We always have the opportunity to ask for God's help so that He can remind us of that purpose, the mission that we have, not only in Paraguay, not only in Savannah, but until the ends of the earth and until the end of our life. If you have any need, won't you come as we stand and sing? His word, what a glory He sheds on our way.
While we do His good will, He abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy Jesus, but to trust and obey. Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toil he doth richly repay. Not a grief nor a loss, not a frown nor a cross, but it's blessed if we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus to trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at His feet, or we'll walk by His side in the way. What He says we will do, where He sends we Trust and obey, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. You can be seated. Tonight, our, our brother Jason Lamont uh, has answered the Lord's invitation. And I've had some opportunity to talk with Jason and just talk with him about some of the struggles that he faces and that he's faced for a long time. And he comes tonight just confessing that struggle, confessing a need for forgiveness, confessing an understanding that when you allow Satan into your life, he comes into every aspect of your life. And that's a path that there's no hope in. Jason wants to be on a path of hope. And he, wants, he wants to experience God's power in his life. He's tasted of that. He wants to taste it again. You know, one of the things I talked to Jason about uh, earlier this evening was the fact that the Christian life is a struggle. That every one of us has our struggle. And one of the mistakes I think that we make from time to time is the idea that I'm going to get rid of all the struggles. Now, I may not have the same struggles that you have, and you may not have the same ones that I have, and, and I may not have the same ones that Jason has, but I have struggles. And there's some things that I've probably never asked God to forgive me for because uh, it's never been an issue for me. But there are other things. 
And I've asked God to forgive me for over and over and over. And it's not because He hasn't forgiven me. It's because I've struggled with those things. And we come together as a body of brethren that are struggling. 